Welcome to the fifth annual Macrofab Star Wars Christmas Special Podcast. I'm your guest, Josh Rozier. And we're your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. This is episode... 255. Wow, we finally made it! We made it. <laughs> Every episode that we do, though, we made it. I just want to say your your intro is a little wordy. That 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 was the yeah that was a string that was a hell of a string yeah. <laughs> a lot of words to cram in there. Everyone's heard me screw up uh, bios over and over and over, uh, and so like I feel your pain on that. Okay. <laughs> so this is the the time of the year where we get to talk about Star Wars on our podcast. Everything is right with the world for the next hour or so. Okay, I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> I like how we always joke about this is like, this is like the us po- uh, podcast. This is like the our podcast, and I'm like every podcast is the us podcast. Uh, that is true. <laughs> cool. But this time it does fall on the 255, which is a kind of landmark number for us electrical engineers. Yeah. But um, you can no longer count to our episodes with eight bits. Yeah. The the interesting thing is going to be, Jesus. this is the fifth time we've done a Star Wars episode and no one's told us to stop yet. Yeah, and I think this is, what, the fourth time I've been on it and <laughs> nobody's told you to kick me off yet. I think so. you've been on five episodes total now or, or something of that. Uh, so. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. So Whenever we need good, goofy commentary, we know who to call. Yeah. What's interesting, right. Roz, is your Transformer episode is like the number one downloaded episode. That's scary. <laughs> almost, I think it's almost at like six thousand downloads. People should or not be listening to me tell them about Transformers. There's way more qualified people out there. Yeah, and we'll find them and bring them on the podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that is interesting. Uh, that was a that was a fun episode. It's been a while, but there's been Transformers since then too. Yeah, yeah. You and I have used some of them. Like you wired one up to an amp. Yeah, I actually have it sitting on the shelf over here, just just chilling. And it didn't burn his house down. So, yet, <clears throat> yeah, you well <laughs> certified by Roz. <laughs> Looks good to me. <laughs> RL Roz licensed. <laughs> I like that. So cool. So let's go ahead and kick this off and talk about what's happened since last. Well, the fourth annual one, which was last year, which is Mandalorian Season 2. And so this will be spoilers up to Chapter 7, um, which is, for some reason, like Season 2, they called them chapters. I'm pretty sure Season 1, they just called them episodes. Hmm. Actually, hang on. I'm, I, I might be getting my dates off. Had an episode or had the ninth movie come out last yes. time? Yes, yeah. It yeah, had yeah, okay, yeah. and and we oh that's right okay. Hyron right. was on and he was talking about Babu Frick. That's right. It yeah. had just come out. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. So yeah, I the had newest seen it like Star that, Wars that week. Yeah, we forced everyone that was on the podcast to watch it uh, with their eyes like peeled open in the that's theater. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Back when right. we could go into theaters. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the world is so different. Yes. Um, Actually, uh, there there is um, uh, they they are saying that uh, there were COVID positive cases this time last year. Oh, so they 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 okay. Get this, our article I read 
said that they actually went into blood banks and started testing blood samples, and they found COVID antibodies in blood samples that were donated as early as December. Ooh, okay. So that, so that could shit, be that could be November then. Shit was in the country way before we were aware of it. Hmm. So. That's probably why the uh, lot was it the nineteen twenty uh, winter flu was. Oh, you really talking about bad. the Spanish flu in nineteen eighteen? No, I was just talking about twenty nineteen and twenty twenty flu season was really bad. Oh right, right, yeah. Yeah, it kicked. Uh, we were actually sick this time. My whole family, we were sick. I still maintain that it was the coronavirus, but Kim, uh, she says, "Oh, well, we got positive flu tests." Like, I'm don't give me those details. It was coronavirus. We were sick with coronavirus. Okay, <laughs> but mystery remains unsolved. So, you know, okay, Man- like- Mando season two. Yeah, I was actually about to say is um, you know, they don't really talk about sickness or disease in star wars but i guess that wouldn't be super interesting to talk about <laughs> watch mando throw up whole episode and like, <laughs> yeah. just, it spills out the bottom of his mask <laughs> oh gross <laughs> he could never take that off oh no you just hear <laughs> and just falls oh god <laughs> jesus that's a mental image yeah yeah there you go and he's but, like I, I gotta go to the bathroom to wipe my helmet out <laughs> <laughs> Will you excuse me for a second? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, okay, so so the Mandalorian's never supposed to take his mask off, right? Uh, there's been two situations where he has, but uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, I was about to say is we're up to, I, I got almost got there. We're at chapter yeah. seven because that's what's come out. So spoilers for everything from Mando season two, forewarned. chapter seven. Yeah. So the only thing that's left is chapter eight, right? Which. Steven has told me, but right before we start recording, is the last episode or chapter right. um, of, of, season two. of season two, which I'm like, oh no. My world is about to crash. Yeah, there's going to be a void in your life every Friday night for the next foreseeable future. So Yeah, I think every Friday night I just got to roll like D20 dice and pretend I'm DMing Star Wars or something. <laughs> so, so, okay. Uh, what, I was, what I was getting there for a, a quick second when I spoiled... Mando, um, he so <clears throat> I've I've always wondered like does he have like a soda on the side with a straw in it and just kind of like shoves it up there and or or is it or, or is it goofy like in Spaceballs with dark helmet when he puts the coffee up to his helmet and just <laughs> keep firing asshole right, right on the, right through the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Or there's like a Subway sandwich that just goes up in the mask and disappears. <laughs> they actually, well, a couple episodes back, they actually showed him eat or drink, actually. No, he like tilts yeah, the he, helmet yeah, up. Yeah, he like, like takes his and drops bit. it back down. So that, I guess that begs the question, what percentage of his face is he allowed to show? Because, I mean, technically, that was his mouth. So that's like, you know, at least 20% of his face you got to see, so... Well, that was the the whole point with chapter seven was, is he allowed to show his face or is it not taking the helmet off? Yeah, which is two point. different things. What if his helmet gets blown like in half, like his visor gets all jacked up? I mean, is he a he's a, he's a much point? bigger problem than protecting his helmet? No doubt. Yeah. yeah, he would be like in a world of hurt, but like, is he? excommunicated <laughs> like if he well, loses his helmet in battle or something he did take his helmet off 
he seems seven. to be a man of the moment where it's like whatever needs to happen right now is what chaotic good he's chaotic good yeah he <laughs> was lawful good and he's slowly making the transition well i would say he's lawful neutral and he's slowly making the transition to lawful uh, chaotic good i would is that his alignment yeah 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 the um, especially when when in the very first episode uh, he's very lawful neutral. Before he meets the child or anything like that, he's just like, I do what I do. I I get the yeah. the chain and I go track down the guy on the other end of it. And yeah, my job is bring this person in dead or alive. That means dead or alive. Yep. I'm just having flashbacks to that first episode. Warmer of season one. First just episode was it. amazing. I can bring and you like, warm. The fact that they had a... Cold. We talked about this last last year. like the For a Disney show... And like a dude getting chopped in half in the first episode by a <laughs> the door. door. Yeah, <laughs> sets the tone, doesn't it? Yeah, I was like, I guess we're doing it PG thirteen. I guess <laughs> <laughs> my kids watch that show with me. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Thing. You know, there is no blood, which no is probably blood. how they get away with it. A lot of it. And all the curse words are like galactic curse words, so they don't <laughs> really count. Yeah. Like, Like what? What was it that they said in Battlestar Galactica? Did they say "fark" or something like that all the time? <laughs> I don't know. I can't. It was something like that. Yeah, it is something like that. Um, I can't remember. But yeah, it was definitely to get around censorship, and still allow like curse words. Right. It's a made-up word. Yep. <laughs> the uh, screw you, FCC. But yeah, that was actually the whole thing with Chapter Seven, which was uh, I. I do think Chapter Seven, the one that came out, is like the best episode of Mando so far. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact that Bill Burr was in it again. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Burr's back in it. <laughs> Space Boston. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because Bill Burr is just playing Bill Burr the entire time. Like, he's just himself. Even that whole, like, monologue where he's, like, berating Mando when they're driving that, uh, what do they call him? Uh, the Caterpillar truck? Yeah, Colossus yeah, like, or whatever. I don't remember what they were called. But with yeah. the tanks of... Started with a T? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and if you sneeze on it, it explodes. Yeah, apparently <laughs> if you go over 85 miles an hour, like... <laughs> yeah. You go back through time. Yeah. No, you go slow and... Well, what was crazy about that though is like they had a oh we should have done that that would be an awesome topic for this podcast but like they had a little gauge on the dash that was like how ex- ready it was about to explode I'm like how would you figure that out uh, <laughs> I don't know that's a good like, point yeah like maybe it's if like it was G sensors on, on nitroglycerin or something like yeah that. I, I guess if it was pressure based you could have a pressure sensor and like it's like shaking up a soda right <laughs> What like yeah. it like recondenses back into liquid after long enough? Yeah, <laughs> that's actually that's actually what acetylene is like. Acetylene yeah. is in acetone. Mm-hmm. Is it the is yeah? Acetylene gas is in acetone, and then it diffuses out in a sponge inside your tank. It's really crazy to think about. It could have been like it could be like that where it goes back into solution. Hmm. And then I, jostling it around and having thermal detonators go off near it, kind of jostle it around a bit and shake it up. So, so you know, actually, that, that, that's that's kind of funny because so they have these big like 
I don't know trucks that that they don't they don't have like tank treads or anything like that. They're still like pneumatic tires on the side of it, and they're driving these things pretty damn fast over generally rough terrain. But it's the Star Wars universe. They have like everything can hover and everything <laughs> can like go like yeah. really smooth and slow. Right? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I mean, freaking Jabba the Hutt had a whole barge that just floated around. Like, can't they yeah, just exactly. yeah, and it was like get perfectly a couple level. of those. He had a building, is a building that hovered around. <laughs> and they well, couldn't, and the Empire, I guess it's the remnants of Empire, but the Empire doesn't have big hover tractor trailers. Yeah, I guess so. So take Empire 10 trips, 10 safer trips as opposed to one, right. like, super explosive you send 10 trucks and only one made it through that day or you have to take 10 <laughs> trips and all 10 make it yeah. i'll take the 10 trips i don't know about you especially because they were talking about the material that's inside of it and they're like this is gonna change everything you know this is enough to oh like one one what tractor trailer full of it was like enough to like could swing the balance of the of the the war or something I'm they like, never really like, explained what it was for either did they it's not to be a gas because that's what the fuel for star destroyers is, well, it's, right? It's they fuel talk for about, everything, right? So, it you know, lightsabers or, or sorry, what's the name of the crystal? Kyber crystals are what powers the Death Star laser gun. What is like? Is it like explosive? Is I'm it actually looking to see what the blaster what? rifle ammunition or something the blaster rifle ammunition we actually talked about that in the very first star wars yeah it's not and that comes from bespin they they mine the gas on bespin that's what cloud city is to, to ban a gas yeah yeah right yeah and uh, so i this stuff they it started with an r didn't it hmm. i'm looking that up right now we have the knowledge of the universe at our fingertips and we're looking up <clears throat> yep. fictional while you guys are looking it up i'm, I'm gonna mention we, we, Parker and Roz and I have, have said this to each other multiple times, but one of the best parts about The Mandalorian as a whole is that it's set up very similar to an RPG or just a video game where it's like, The Mandalorian shows up and there's a scenario, and these scenarios are like, you can do this and you can't do this, but you need to accomplish this. And then he goes and does it, and in 30 minutes to an hour, like you're like, oh, this is great. And, and it's, it's a serial show, so there's like a beginning and an end to every episode, and there's like conflict and resolution, and it just, I don't know, it's awesome because of that. Rhydonium. Rhydonium, that's what it is. Rhydonium. Yeah, I've never heard of it before, I don't know if it's an actual new thing. Oh, it's in, of course, it's in Legends. <laughs> Not they anymore. Did, they, they now did anymore. Their, uh, well, now it's yeah. canon. <clears throat> I was about to say, it could be on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's why I looked up right where Rhydonium is from. Oh, okay. Rhydonia. Volatile type fuel. So it's a fuel. It's just gasoline. Guzzling, man. Guzzling. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah I, well, I, I like, I think I said this last year, what I like the most about Mandalorian is not just that. I just like the fact that it's, it's, trying not to invent new things in the universe of Star Wars and it's utilizing the pieces that already exist which yeah. I, I I really like yeah I mean and and it's okay with 
making you wait a season and a half to develop a character you know like yeah instead of doing it in like five minutes right or just doing it and then telling you it's done like hey guess what you should like this character because we said so like okay you're making us watch how he's developing watch how he's having to face these moral dilemmas of okay do i turn the child in and risk my entire you know existence essentially my livelihood and my identity or do I listen to my conscience and, you know, protect this kid from the evil, you know, Nazi emperor, imp, uh, imperial officer guy? Um, but I don't know. I think it's interesting because, you know, for that reason, you're, you're hooked on it every week because you never know, like, what's going to pop up in the next episode that Mando's going to have to, you know, tackle. I mean, he's yeah. a, this last episode. He he spent half the episode with his with his helmet off, which is in front of other people, which is like a big no no, right? So you're seeing him develop into a different person. He he did not know how to react at all, though. Like he, he went from like at, like at the very beginning of Mandalorian, he's doesn't really know how to interact with other people besides like go capture people and get credits. That's like his social function. And then up until like this point, he actually knows how to like interact with other people and get other people to do things for him, that kind of stuff, and negotiate deals. And then he takes his helmet off and he's reverted right back to like episode one Amando, where he doesn't know anything how like to act socially. Like he has like no emotion besides just like utter like I don't know, like almost like fear on his face the entire time. Yeah. Well, uh, but but here's the thing: if no one has ever seen your face, then the only mm. thing they can gauge your emotion off of is uh, just basically the tone of your voice and the movements of your body. And humans gauge a lot from looking at other people's eye movements, their face movements, everything. And so, like, he would be super awkward, right? Oh yeah, because he doesn't know how to express his face at all. Exactly, and and I think they portrayed that really well. The actor did. Yeah. I yeah, do like how Bur Bill Burr's like, yeah, he he can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then it actually played out pretty well uh, for them. Once again, that's a super RPG thing where like someone would be like, I have to get out of this situation. How do I do it? Roll for bluff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> roll for bluff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, man, this this season's been so good. Yeah. Oh yeah, like uh, was it? It was early. I I'm talking a lot about the re most recent episode, but like at the very beginning, talking about like living in the universe because they're on that like junk planet where they have to Never get Bill Never Burr from out of uh, chains. Oh yeah, and there's like AT ATs that've been repurposed into junk robots, <laughs> like junk junk crawlers. It's oh man, it's so cool. They don't have to. It's uh, this. This is the thing they don't have to reinvent anything for this series no no they, they, they've they've added some um like unique monsters and stuff like that like the the first time <clears throat> that uh mando and the child or mando sees the child use the force i think it's episode two or three um they, they they're in they're oh, on the big rhino and then and then in uh in season two they have to fight that like giant dragon thing that comes out of the ground with the sand crawlers who are looking yeah. for like the dragon pearl or whatnot on the inside and and those are cool because they're like extra flavor to something that to a world that already exists that they don't have to recreate mm -hmm. 
Oh man, the, the <laughs> I think it was this season. Was it this season where he helped uh, Mando helps out the San Jawas, and they it, they get the eggs. Was that episode, that's, just, season? that's season one? That's season one. Yeah, where, where he and they just the hack eggs. it open. <laughs> yeah, he spends like an entire two episodes trying to get these eggs for the Jawas, and the Jawas like straight up split it open with a with a with an axe and start eating <laughs> it right in front of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, it was an interesting episode because, uh, like, the whole Bill Burr character is, is kind of funny to me because Bill Burr was, like, a huge, like, he would mock people who were Star Wars fans, you know, <laughs> it, like, <laughs> he thought it was, like, what do you call it, like, a self-help story in space with Muppets, I think is, is something, something along those lines, um, and there's actually, he talks about it, you know, on other people's YouTubes and podcasts and, and, and whatnot about how he kind of renounced his anti-Star Wars beliefs and, and became a, now, a convert. now one of the most popular characters, you know, probably <laughs> in the whole galaxy. So That's great. Well, if we have nothing else to add about Mando, except if you are still listening to this and have not watched it, Go watch it. Get Disney Plus. It's what? Six dollars, something like that, seven dollars? Yeah, you can get it bundled with like ESPN and Hulu, I think, for like thirteen bucks a month. It's worth getting it for one month and then just binge all of Mando. Disney can send yeah. me my commission after all of you go sign up. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is handing us a couple dollar bills oh underneath boy. the table right now. Thanks, guys. Okay, <laughs> 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 right, so my uh, my personal favorite section of the annual MacFab Star Wars Christmas special podcast is when we get to talk about weird technology stuff and try to explain them in normal math and engineering terms. Explain our way through them. Yeah, explain our way through them. And so I'm <laughs> going to start with space trash in Star Wars. So, well, like, like Han Solo? or. Sp sp <laughs> Actually, space trash is a big part of Star Wars. It is, especially Empire Strike Back. But what brought this up was um, recently the ESA, which is the European Space Agency, uh, which is a real-life agency on Earth, um, commissions the world-first space debris removal, uh, I guess, program, using um, and the mission's called Clear Space One, which will launch in 2025, and it's basically a like a satellite with a bunch of grabber arms, sponsored so will, by Waste Management. Yeah, so it'll <laughs> it'll grab stuff, junk in space, and then deorbit them. Is the plan? It's not a garbage satellite; it's a sanitation machine. Yeah, sanitation satellite. So the U.S. <laughs> is focused on sending people to Mars and back to the Moon, and they're focused on picking up trash. Someone's got to do it. How, how polluted is space? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, let me. I, I was looking up, like, I was going to bring this up, but. Um, so, like, our entire solar system in the current universe that we know of is point, like, 20 zeros, 9% of the total space of the Milky Way. Just the Milky Way. <laughs> Just the Milky Way of our solar system is 
like point zero zero nine percent of the entire Milky Way our solar system is. So not a lot of space. But you get into problems like the was it the um Kessler syndrome? Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? S- sounds legit. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> I was right, Kessler syndrome. So Kessler syndrome is like you have a bunch of satellites, and then like one satellite like accidentally bumps another one out of orbit, and then that one bumps two out of orbit, and then it just cascades into a big cloud of <laughs> trash. New satellite fission, like yeah. just rocking no, around I, yeah, the atmosphere. Very, very similar. It's like uh, <laughs> uh, that scene in Wally when they leave the planet and they have to like blast through a shell of satellites. <laughs> no, that's actually exactly what it is. Such a good um, movie. And uh, it, the main problem is because your your uh, that trash is orbiting Earth at at many many times the speed of what where you're going, and so it hits you and causes causes bad kinetic energy damage. <laughs> um, <laughs> so wood That's straight space, to wounds, man. That's not vitality. Yeah, straight to wounds. Critical hit, right? <laughs> Um, would space trash be a concern for the galaxy far, far away is my question. Because we know that the Empire doesn't really care too much about space trash because they just jettison it all the time in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, like the entirety beginning of Empire Strikes Back is about, like, hiding in garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, about right. So, like... Hiding in a trash compactor. Um, no, trash compactor is, is new that's hope. A, that's a new hope, yeah. New hope. But, um, like, the whole um, Millennium Falcon is hiding in the space trash and then going into the asteroid field and that kind of stuff. Um, so we can think about it as if this is merely the case of the universe is technically infinite, so technically you have infinite space to dump garbage. Then yeah, totally. You don't have to worry about it, right? You can just dump the garbage and doesn't matter. The problem is, you people aren't equally distributed around like infinitely, right? So people are in clusters. Like you have planets like Coruscant, which is like you know the most populous uh, planet in in Star Wars, and so you get uh the this trash starts to collecting in in certain areas especially around planets that kind of stuff but it could be like if you just jettison your trash could it just collect somewhere like how it does in, on earth it collects in like giant floating islands like, in and the like ocean. oh you Co- get like coalesce. a trash planet you have like yeah, a giant trash planet trash planet <clears throat> floating around space yeah i'm pretty sure um god this is a long time ago but um the Transformers animated movie has a whole trash planet where they uh, like the the Autobots get all destroyed and they have to like yeah, I don't know they're flying around and they they come across that uh, across that trash planet and of course it's Transformers so like the trash just comes together and makes other robots and stuff it's freaking great if you haven't seen it there is also <laughs> an episode of uh, Futurama like this where they launch a trash ball into orbit or into like the solar system just to get rid of it and it ends up coming back <laughs> it's like a trash comet <laughs> yeah, trash comet <laughs> well so no no did you guys hear about 
Uh, recently, scientists were tracking something in space, and they're like, oh, it's an, it's an asteroid or some kind of unknown celestial body that's hurtling towards Earth, and it's going to pass within a few thousand miles of our atmosphere. And they had no clue what it was. And then once it started getting closer, they finally figured out it was like a rocket body that had been launched in 1965 is on like some huge orbit around the around the sun and so we, it is a comet we lost it for like 50 years and it's just kind of passing back by and it's going to go back into the oblivion for another it's got it's got a century. hammer and sickle on it <laughs> no it's an american rocket it, I oh, don't it's remember. american rocket yeah i don't remember the the mission that it you know is like some satellite launch mission or something but i don't That's back great. in the 60s but it's, it's but um reality or life imitating art i suppose yeah, um, so if you're if you're like the empire and just dumping your garbage around and like just what like let's say you if it's standard procedure to dump your garbage and then jump to hyperspace and you're doing it near Coruscant and that's where you're going to get the Kessler syndrome right because that's there's a lot of traffic there of ships moving in and out dumping trash. Um, so so what if. Sorry, were you done with your point? I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, go ahead. But go I ahead. will if you want me to. Uh, <laughs> what if the whole reason that the calculations to the jump to light speed are so complicated? Because if you think about it, you know where you are in relation to other planets, other stars, right? It should be actually pretty easy to know, to, to plot a course through that if all those bodies – you know they're predictable we're predictable I, I, everything is so spaced apart in space that you can point any direction and, and go straight you in that direction and you're not going to hit something right so i guess my question is is what if the reason doing the calculations for the jump of light speed are so complicated is because those computers are actually identifying objects that are small <laughs> enough to damage your trash. ship yeah they're and, identifying and, trash and calculating the trajectory so that it, it You're squiggling it through goes all the through trash. them or something, yeah. And maybe there's like yeah. some there's some network like around the galaxy that identifies this shit. What's NASA's? <laughs> NASA's got a network called uh, NASA's tracking of small I items. Hey, hey, I've got it. Here's another wrinkle to it. This this sort of like retcon solo the movie just a little bit, but what if? The reason why the Kessel Run was so difficult was because it was just a co uh, a bunch of trash co uh, coalesced together, and you had to navigate a bunch of trash. So the Kessel Run was the Kessler Syndrome happened around that planet. Right. Exactly. So that was the like trash it. planet. Right. Yeah. Right. There's so much trash. You have to dodge X amount of trash within one parsec. Right. <laughs> and that is that is how they get that unit of measurement. And the Millennium Falcon is incredibly good at it. That's genius. I, I, I just, I'm at a loss for words. I think it's <laughs> so. I, I've always, I've always thought that. The, okay, so people always complain because they, they said, "Cast uh, run on less than twelve parsecs." And, and less than twelve parsecs, right? Okay, so that could still be true because uh, okay, a parsec is a measurement of distance, right? Right. Yeah, we talked about this on. At, second one or third year right, right. we, uh, we yeah. made actually i think i made the same argument but like if you have yeah. to do a certain amount of things within a certain distance then that's still impressive right so if it's harder to do things within 12 parsecs but it's easier within 20 parsecs or something yeah. like that then like it's still impressive for him to say that so if you have to dodge 
this amount of trash within 12 parsecs. It's like, whoa, that's actually pretty cool. That's uh, That makes sense, actually. My, my favorite thing about the whole that 12 parsecs thing is, like, Obi-Wan and Luke are like, look at him and like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> they, they could not give less Made of a Made the castle run at 12 parsecs, <laughs> and like, everyone else looks at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? They, but, but, you know, here's the thing. They're an average purchaser. They, they just ask, can you get me there? And this guy's trying to, like, puff himself up, and they're like, okay, but can you still get me there? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. It's like if someone, co- like, you, you, your Uber showed up, and you're like, I need to get to the airport pretty quickly, and you go, and the guy goes, this thing's got 900 horsepower. And it's like, you still gotta go to speed limit right. to get me to the airport. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Solo was totally flexing, and it didn't work. Oh, yeah. No. I guess it did work in the end. He got paid, I, right? He got paid. Yeah. What option though would would Luke and Obi Wan have at that point though? Kill him and take his ship. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's what I would have done. <laughs> There's the chaotic evil in you, Roz. <laughs> um, so back in Legends in Star Wars, that how they handled space trash was the squibs. And y'all, oh. will, y'all two will know this from our D and D campaign, but the squibs are a furry blue creature race of aliens in the Star Wars universe, and um, Star they have their trash collectors or scavengers of the of the Star Wars universe or galaxy. I guess it's a galaxy; it's not a universe because yep. yeah, um, they never leave their their galaxy. Um, and the Imperials provide the squib salvage vessels with coordinates of where they're going to dump stuff. And so, basically, like, they leave, and then, like, they show up later and, like, collect all the garbage. Hmm. I mean, that doesn't happen in the Empire Strikes Back, does it? I wonder, I wonder if they are just scavenging <laughs> or if they're actually collecting. Like, if Could they're be. getting rid of it. Probably um, scavenging. They're probably scavenging, selling it off, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And one empire's trash is another creature's treasure, I suppose. Yep. Isn't there a uh, isn't there I an episode like... of Firefly about this? I think they do something like that in Firefly, where they go. No, I think they actually. I, I'm sorry. I think they find like a wrecked ship that's out there, and then they go and scavenge it. But similar. Yeah, I do like Roz's explanation of like hyperspace calculations and making sure you don't pop out into like. A dumpster. The trash of a Star Destroyer. Right. <laughs> I do like that explanation a lot. Because then they could, like, I, I know NASA, I couldn't find the name of it, but NASA's got a, where they track items under a certain size. That's, like, what it's designed to do. Like, circling, like, like one of them's, like, the, the glove from, like, one of the Mercury missions. The astronaut, like, lost his glove. And they have that tracking because it's like it just orbits the Earth, right? For it will probably orbit the Earth forever. <laughs> oh, it'll eventually fall in. I think it's high enough up where it won't degrade. No, so. I think I think eventually it will. They all have to get like a a boost every once in a while because they do slow down. Someone's up there like pushing the glove. Yeah, it's just uh, stay stay in orbit, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. I can't remember what they're called, but there, there could be a Star Wars version of that. That is where you're getting your hyperspace data from. Right, and and let's say it's um, let's say it's like it's like peer to peer, like 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 uh, I don't know, 
essentially you pass a piece Kazam. of yeah, or or I don't maybe peer to peer is not the maybe it's more like a more like Lime blockchain wire? or something. LimeWire, you know, it. a LimeWire, Kazam, or Kazaa. I think it's Kazaa. Kazaa, yeah. Oh yeah, all those scummy programs. Kazaa, K A Z A A. Is that still around? Uh, I think everything's gone like torrent now. Um, the last stable release was for Kazaa was November 26, 2006. So, no. <laughs> no, I, prob- no I, I probably downloaded it. I bet that you release. installing that and letting that thing open to any open instant IP virus. port is instant virus hell. Oh, instant. For sure. Your computer just <laughs> explodes on your desktop. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if it's like, um, you know. Let's say I'm flying by a piece of trash in space. My computer identifies it, logs it, marks it, and then blasts it out, like 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 blockchain or something. Because I don't really understand blockchain, so let's say it fits. Uh, <laughs> I saw a Bitcoin. It's I, over I like, there. I like this <laughs> blockchain. Blockchain space trash. Yeah, that's your fir- that's your million dollar idea on the on the Microsoft Engineering podcast right you, there. Actually, uh, print it. So there's there's apps that you can get for your phone where you can basically. Um, as you're driving by a gas station, uh, well, you, sh- you shouldn't do this while you're driving. You, you park your car, and then you, you say how much the gas was at that gas station. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 it, like it's a it's a peer network aggregate of all the uh, gas station prices and things like that. Oh, here's a pig on the side of the road. Yeah, sure. But but same same kind of thing where you pull out your phone while you're flying by some trash. I found some trash out here. Here's I want to make so many jokes right now, but I can't. <laughs> But just imagine, like, the damage that, uh, like, a bottle cap would do to your ship if you're traveling faster than the speed of light. Now, I know we've talked about this before. Like, are you actually traveling through that space? Like, I I don't understand. I'm not an astrophysicist, and I don't even pretend. Right. So, like, uh, right. Like, are you actually tunneling through space? But, But the point is, is, like, a grain of sand or a bottle cap or, like, a piece of paper at multiple... (laughs) <laughs> like times the speed of light <laughs> what would happen to your ship so what if what if you like because they're just cu- talking about like like the star destroyers are disposing of wa- of waste right right is it human waste as well i would assume so like so. you can have like a going hyperspace into a turd <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think the answer is yes. And and It'd here's a the thing: frozen stormtrooper turd. No, in space. I have I have some evidence to uh, about this. If you go to StarWars.com, they actually talk about this. They talk about uh, there's a there's a quick little thing. In fact, I'll I'll give you guys the link here. But it is it is their description of hyperdrive. It says hyperdrive allows starships to travel faster than the speed of light, so that it's. They're confirming it faster than the speed of light. Crossing space through the alternate dimension of hyperspace. Well, there so you go. there's yeah. space and there's hyperspace. And you go into hyperspace, go faster than the speed of light, and then pop out. And, and the next sentence says, large objects in normal space cast mass shadows into hyperspace. So hyperspace jumps must be precisely calculated to avoid collisions. So you're, so you have to make a, a, you're avoiding collision with the shadow of the turd in hyperspace so we need i don't say you have to take a massive turd we need neil degrasse tyson (laughs) to try and explain to me what the hell that really means in like real terms it's like shadows of gravity i don't fucking yeah pluto's not a planet 
Yeah, that's bullshit. Pluto is a <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> that's very funny, NASA. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, hyperspace. Yay. Cool. So, so does that mean... Well, I got. I, I, I'm gonna have to sleep on this. I'll, I'll get back with you guys. It, it, is is hyperspace something that is visible, or is hyperspace just filled with mass shadows? And right. that's it. So if it's an alternate dimension, like a shadow of, a, let's say, the mass of a piece of random garbage, does it translate like one to one? Like, does gravity work the same way? Is mass the same? Like, I don't understand. Or is, or is hyperspace shadow... a single dimension and you're traveling in straight lines on a plane? Right. Are you like between dimensions? So you're not actually in one or the other? I don't know. I don't. It sounds like you need to dr- like eat some mushrooms and talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> they do talk about um, this is on hyperspace, but they talk about hyperspace madness, where like you stare out into the void, and the void answers back. <sighs> That's in, that's way back in Legends, though. So, cool. by the way, for those that don't know, you have canon. But ever since Disney bought Star Wars, you have what's called canon, which is what Disney says is legit in Star Wars. And then you have Legends, which is everything that used to be canon in Star Wars. Yeah, basically it was their free free license to throw everything out and write whatever stories they wanted and then be like, ah, 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 we said it was Legends. Like, don't, yeah. don't come back to... No, so... so yeah, so Legends is hyperspace madness is a thing where like the void answers back and it causes people to go insane. Whereas like Anakin Skywalker or Darth Vader, spoiler alert by the way, from what what two thousand three? Jesus, but, um, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, he would stare out on the bridge of Star Destroyers into the void. He is the for void. answers. Like, yeah, he is the void. It's just because he's an evil bastard, though. Like, <laughs> well, he's got some light in him. Spoiler alert for episode six. <laughs> 1987. God damn it, man. Yeah. You're wrecking no, the whole... Episode six wasn't like, 87. It was earlier. It was like 83, four? Episode, no, so three, I think. 78 was episode four. 77. Yeah. 77, you're right. 1980 was, ep- was Empire. And yeah, then, and then 83 or 84. I thought it was 82. Was but, it? You could be right. You could be. Right. I thought it was eighty-two. Hey, fun fact. Uh, I I saw it the other day. Fun fact: We were all born after these movies. Yeah. that's that's for sure. No, no, no. <laughs> Get this. Episode four in in nineteen seventy-seven released eighty-three. Okay, there we go. We, uh, we split episode the four <laughs> released in in uh, in eighty uh, in seventy-seven, and uh, it w- happened before the last guillotine. Uh, beheading in uh, in France. Wow, go France! Yeah. All right, seventy seven. It was like two months after it. It was the last time, and they're like, "Yeah, we shouldn't do this anymore. We, we should probably not do this anymore." <laughs> was it from the person at guillotine? Was it someone who looked like Cake? No, he was probably too much of a Star Wars fan and just being annoying. <laughs> So I don't really have anything else to add to space trash. We went as a topic. we went pretty long on space trash there. But space trash is it's amazing because the I really wish we recorded some of it. But the D and D campaign I wrote for Roz and Steven here 
Entrance. actually evolved around space trash as well. So I'm like, when I came up with it, I'm like, you know, we should talk about this in Star Wars podcast. My character in the in the RPG is a sanitation engineer, yes. or was. Yeah, he can like he is. decipher a certain type. Oh yeah, of you're trash. right. He is. He was. He is part of the re- uh, Alliance Special Forces now. He puts his ear to the ground. And he can hear the type of trash compactors that are like running <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. Of the space station that we're in. Like. Three stories down. <laughs> so crazy, fun fact here. Metacritic only gives Empire Strikes Back an 82%. Well, Metacritic is wrong. I was about to say, if that doesn't shoot the credibility <laughs> of Metacritic straight in the face, then yeah. I don't know what will. That's a litmus test, and they failed. They failed. <laughs> yeah. User score 9.1. Critic reviews... 82. It's funny when you see the critic and the uh, and the audience scores so disparate. Divergent. It's not yeah. that far. It's only 10 points off. Yeah, I, I can't remember what movie it was not that long ago where uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was like a 40-point difference. It was I think that was episode 9. Oh, well, <laughs> so yeah, possibly, worse. yeah. Right. <laughs> where the the critic score was super high and the audience score was uh, zero. Viewer score was well, not zero, but very low. <laughs> um, ten points isn't unheard of, and a lot of movies are like that. It, it, well, yeah, it happened. It's starting to happen that way more and more, where where people go see the movie, and you're like, this is garbage, and then the critics are like, it's beautiful. It tells this story so perfectly, and everyone's like, I didn't get that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still a shitty movie. Okay, before we get too uh, political with things here, because... Because it could, it could go that, that direction. I wasn't it, going it could, that way. It could go that direction. <laughs> I purposefully kept that out of the conversation. So so <laughs> I was not expecting that we would already be this uh, deep into the podcast. But I, I have two topics. And, and one topic is a, is a theory. And another one is just a fun MacVeb Engineering Star Wars uh, concept. Well, do the theory. And then I have my own thing. I, this thing, Steven. Yeah. This podcast is going to be like two hours. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good so with. Don't whatever. worry about it. I apologize. It always seems to happen no. whenever I'm on. No, <laughs> no, no, this it's, is the best. It's, no, I, I love this. This is great. Uh, so, so yeah, let's let's go ahead and do the theory. And and this is a film theory that I came up with uh, about a week ago. I actually already shared it with the guys, but 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 we can we can gig on this a little bit more because. Last week we mentioned that we were doing a Star Wars podcast, and I was like, I got to think about something. And immediately, what popped to my mind was uh, a concept of the Star Wars universe. And get me on this: the <laughs> the universe of the Matrix, and the Matrix being like the movie Matrix, which the the Matrix is is another trilogy out there, right? It's sort of one of those trilogies where it's like, yeah, there's one okay movie, and then there's two. Other yeah, movies. Those are movies, yeah. Yeah, they're movies, right? Right. Okay. So the second Matrix movie isn't that bad. The third one is a little out there. <laughs> okay, okay. So the Matrix does the very typical thing where it's like a ski slope downwards, where you have one, two, three. Like right? Die Hard. Go, go, like, like Die Hard. Well, right. no, no, Die I Hard take that two. back because Die Hard with a Vengeance was amazing. That's a, actually a Die really Hard good. 2 is the best one. Oh, come on, Parker. What the hell is wrong? You're one of those people on Metacritic. That's, you're that kind of person. <laughs> no, the first Die Hard movie is really good, but Die Hard 2 is the best as a whole you're, series. You're, okay, now, keep going, Steven. I don't want to yeah. listen to this anymore. 
Well, okay, here's another one. I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in this because I know Parker is different on this one. Uh, but in terms of like bathtub curve of good and bad, Indiana Jones. One good, Hands two down. awful, three amazing. Yeah, I, Temple Doom is the best one. Oh, come no, on, Parker. No, I'm with Steve Kalima! on Kalima! <laughs> no, no, no. Look, taken as, like, as a single movie sample size, Temple of Doom is like a kitschy, like, campy kind so of So actually, movie, if you take like, them as, as individual movies, I would say the first one's the best one, the second one's the second best one, and the third one's the... Third best one? <laughs> Third best one, I guess. But Come on. If you take him Last as a Crusade series, is amazing. Last Crusade is hands down the best of the series. The, I, we're going to pretend Last... that Crystal Skull doesn't even exist. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't say a fourth movie because yeah, I didn't no, know there was a fourth movie. Oh, good. But the the problem with... We're going on Indiana Jones it's right It's still oh, yeah. LucasArts, so, so it counts. It counts. So it counts. Um, that'd be great if it's the, the same universe. With, <laughs> the, 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 the biggest problem I have with... with um, uh, Last Crusade is it's the dad like it's the son dad dynamic and Junior. which is fun but they start explaining Luke this is actually really interesting is Lucas starts doing this in Star Wars episode one two and three as well as he starts explaining shit that doesn't need to be explained in that movie so that's his beginnings of starting to so do wh that. how do they do that in the Last Crusade the d dog's name Indy. All the background information of him growing up, like that's flavor. Like, it's it's stuff that doesn't need to be explained, though. Okay, but Star Wars made an entire movie about Han Solo that nobody asked for. I Lucas didn't make that movie. Fair point. <laughs> Money and, and made not even movie, <laughs> and not even Indiana Jones. But that's what I'm saying. Cult. Is like is in terms of like a trilogy. I really like the second one because it's Indiana Jones, like the most Indiana Jones you see Indiana Jones being. I disagree. Raiders of the Lost Ark is the most Indiana Jones you're going to see Indiana Jones being. Now, and you also don't have Short Round. Right. He's a random character that just like appeared for a, a movie a very great and then disappeared. Character. Yeah. They don't even also, talk about him in the third movie. <laughs> like, that, that's actually true too. He's like, what, what happened to this like this orphan person child? that Indiana Jones actually really cared about in the second movie? Like, He's just not there anymore. Aren't you his legal guardian or something? Why are you carrying yeah. a fourteen-year-old around the entire world, like chasing yeah, Nazis? Exactly. And actually, then he's gone. No, that, that's the thing. There are there are technically four Indiana Jones movies. Two of them are about Indiana Jones kicking Nazi ass, and two of them are about random other things, and two of them are good. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, I think I'm actually saying. one of those maybe one of those not... movies is kicking Russian ass. Here's which could be the same as Nazis. I, I, I this I just in terms of the movies, I'd have to vet this theory by watching the movies. But maybe Indiana Jones wasn't meant to be well viewed chronologically. Mm. Mm. Could be too. maybe yeah. Last Crusade is like the first chronological movie i don't know i'd have to go watch go watch it obviously crystal skull's got the well, maybe short round so. just somehow dies maybe he's maybe that's the first movie you know like, oh if that was the first movie and then crusade was the second movie and then raiders was the third movie that might actually work we're gonna have to go figure that out that's another podcast
That's another podcast. Yeah, that's, okay, so let me. I'm sorry. That was a hell of a tangent. Let's get back to my theory here. Okay, so my wait, wait, start over. Start over. So no, I'm, I'm just going to put the premise out here right now. My theory is that the Star Wars universe and the Matrix universe are actually the same universe at different times. So, so here's the thing: at the beginning of every Star Wars universe starts with the crawl, and it says what? Long time ago, in galaxy far, in a galaxy, in a galaxy far, 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 far away. Okay. Far away. So, uh, I'm going to jump ahead real quick and just say, in the second and technically the third Matrix movies, they meet the the, uh, the architect, right? Yeah. And the architect—that's when the movies get really Sanders. weird. They get super weird. But the architect, in his like giant monologue section, he talks about the fact that the Matrix isn't, isn't and hasn't been perfect. And in uh, they have had multiple versions of the Matrix, and they 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 came up with the conclusion that's like every time the Matrix f- basically failed because they 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 coded it incorrectly, and the, so they just restarted the servers and created a new universe. So my argument is that uh, the current version of the Matrix, the 1999 version of the Matrix. Is the uh, is the sixth version and the appropriate version of the Matrix, and the Star Wars universe was a version of the Matrix that the Matrix had created at one point in time. That starts to explain a handful of things. So first of all, that explains faster than light travel, which is not available right now. But if the universe is so large, then the Matrix had to make the capability for you to uh, get across it. So they just created faster than light travel, like the. The speed of light doesn't mean anything if if the matrix itself just arbitrarily sets what it is, right? I mean, in video games, you could you can do that exactly. So yeah, it makes sense exactly. The you can think the matrix is a life more life life simulation of a video game exactly exactly. So you could have that rule. So the fundamental forces of nature could also just be whatever the matrix found them to be or decided for them to be. And all of us who are just asleep effectively in our little pods are just, we just go along with it because that is our reality, right? So Indiana Jones is another alternate reality. to the. Matrix. I was actually thinking about that earlier where like it could be, <laughs> especially, like- especially episode two with supernatural, actual supernatural, so so exactly so so Indiana Jones could be another one and and that wasn't part of my theory we just literally yeah. came up with this so so <laughs> so here's the thing how does this explain the Force how does the Star Wars part of Star Wars and the Matrix part of Matrix tie together so the Force is a glitch because there's still humans behind the the curtain like it's still human beings behind everything and they explain everything in the matrix on like how humans are able to subvert the code and subvert the matrix and do these extraordinary things and my argument here is that in the star wars universe version of the matrix the way that they explain it is that it's just a religion and because it's a religion, they can do it out in the open. They can do it just in front of people, and everyone's like, oh, that's their weird Jedi religion. And then that's actually just the just human beings... Uh, manipulating the code. Manipulating the Matrix. Hmm. I like it. So who who's the who's the Mr. Smith? The, the I Sith. guess... That's the Sith? Okay. Smith, okay, actually, Sith, I, it's a mistranslation through the texts over the thousands wait, of years. I had thought about that. I thought about that. And here's the best part. Here's my goofy 
uh, solution on how uh, Agent Smith comes in. I was going to talk about this at the end, but we'll talk about it now. Agent Smith is Norton Antivirus. <laughs> and the Matrix accidentally installed it when they spun up their servers. When they installed a, Adobe go, on it's, accident, it's, and now it's... It's become sentient, and now it has gone rogue. And uh, Agent Smith is, ant, and <laughs> is Norton Antivirus. <laughs> Agent Smith is bloatware. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. And they can't... Actually, what, what if you really think about it, Agent Smith could be ransomware. He could be like we're we're all programs in the matrix right but he could be holding the matrix ransom uh such that they're trying to deal with him at the same time they're trying to deal with us hmm. so what this all kind of leads to this theory is neo so i just neo read the is... notes on this section <laughs> Okay, so, this is great. So this is great. Neo, Neo exhibits all the same characteristics of a Jedi, right? So he has quick reaction. He has, he is almost aware of the future. He's in basically in touch with his surroundings, and he has the ability to modify his environment, right? stopping bullets, and yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, and 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 he, his his reaction time to everything is almost like he knows what's going to happen. It's very akin to the Jedi, right? My argument is that Neo is a Jedi, or the Jedi are Neo, and he is a Neo-Jedi. Yeah, that's what I was... Oh, man. So, you know what's funny? This... So, when Neo... What was it? When Neo says to Morpheus, uh, when he, he gets he gets Kung Fu downloaded into his brain, right? Right. Okay. right. And he goes, right. I know Kung Fu. And Morpheus is like, show me. That's episode seven, Ray. Oh. So Ray just. Yeah. Ray should have been like, I know Jedi. Like and the then, deep core. And then files. Ben Solo or Kylo Ren goes, show me. <laughs> See, actually, actually. No, Hold no, no. You just unlock something. You unlock something. You're making sense the, here for a second. <laughs> The reason why Ray can be such a Mary Sue and be good at freaking everything isn't because the Jedi religion is actually a thing. She just got but firmware because the upgrades. Matrix just downloads the things properly. Because there's less Jedi to go around. Yeah, yeah. So she, she has more. She has more. She has more bandwidth to the real world. Or the people back in the Nebuchadnezzar or whatever the ship is, they're just focusing on downloading crap into her brain oh. as opposed to multiple She's people. like a Manchurian candidate. She doesn't know that she's getting kung fu put into her brain. Or maybe, or maybe she does, and she knows that she doesn't spill the beans, so she just has to. No, so she just has to put up this religious farce in as front. much of a stretch as this is. It still makes more sense than the original story, the way it was written. <laughs> that's true. I, I would agree that's with true. that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So so Ray could also be a neo Jedi. The only difference is the uh, the setting, right? I mean, she lives in the world where you can have spaceships and fly around, as opposed to I don't know wherever Neo was in 1999 in his uh, 1999 New York City. Was, was Vinc, it New York? Uh, Toronto was where it was. Shot. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, he's a Canuck. Uh, Keanu is. So the force is just the the way people describe the manipulation of the code, but in 1999 they just 
they've evolved past that. They don't have to call it the force. They just like call it what it is. So are you saying, so let me, let me just clarify. Are you saying that they're actually still plugged into the matrix? They've just become aware of ways to manipulate the code because it was an earlier version of the matrix or are they like the people in the movies, the matrix, right? The matrix trilogy where they're actually unplugged from the grid and then they plug themselves back in like, voluntarily right i think that i think they plug themselves in voluntary and when they plug in to the star wars universe back they when just it say oh it's a religion universe, we can do it they're oh, like oh it's special. a religion i'm a jedi oh i'm better than you kind of thing and they they play that game because everyone believes it and it all works out well for them and they were in charge in the matrix uh and then the empire is a virus that comes to stop the Jedi and it basically wins and they reset it because they don't want a religion to or they don't want they don't want the virus the Empire to and so at the end of everything they reboot and go oh yeah we're 1998 Vancouver now Bingo. <laughs> exactly it exactly it. like the matrix has tried different versions of the universe and when they fail because things go out of they control, just nuke it. they just reset and make a whole brand new setting so the people who are there have to create a new way to subvert it. I tried searching for someone else who's had the idea that Neo is a Jedi or the Jedi are Matrix people, and I haven't found anyone else who's come up All with right, this. So the Crystal okay. Skulls are Mr. Smith's. <laughs> I should hit up that uh, that that YouTube channel, Film Theory, and, and oh see yeah, if they you would totally take this. It. Yeah, I'll see if they'll take yeah. it. That'd be awesome. All right, so we have anything else on Matrix X Machina Star Wars? Neo Jedi. Neo Jedi. Oh, that's gonna be the title for this podcast. That's awesome. I got nothing. Okay. This, this next topic is great. I read a little bit of Parker's notes on it. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. We said going through the car. <laughs> <laughs> so in The Phantom Menace, episode one, circa 1991? No. No, no. 99. 2000. It's like 99, 2000. I think it's 99. 99. Yeah. 91 is Jurassic Park. Or was that 93? I think it was 92 or 93. I'm terrible with... I was like, I can't even blame COVID on that kid, one. I was five so. or six. <laughs> yeah, I got on. Um, I think old enough to buy a movie ticket at that point. I'm looking at not Jurassic Park's ninety three. I'm pretty sure episode one Star Wars is ninety. It's two thousand, right? No, it's ninety. It's ninety nine. Just, just as an aside here, totally off topic. Ninety nine. Yes, Jurassic Park, nineteen ninety three. The way they shot that movie, it still looks better than most movies in modern day. Like I, I agree, hundred percent. Oh, it holds. It holds. That's up. a that's an even previous version forever. of the Matrix. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Matrix Origins. <laughs> so the uh, the Neo island was a raptor. The island that they were trying to build was the previous version of the Matrix. <laughs> they were uh, trying to recreate it in the Matrix. It was it was, a, it was in Dev. It was the Dev environment. Yeah, dev environment. <laughs> right, because it, it could only be the size of an island. Somebody promoted the code without QA. <laughs> now look what we have. No. 
The whole thing about about that movie is spare no expense except on tech support. Oh, tech support and security. <laughs> like, secu- they have a security guy for the entire island. Well, at least the security guy is, like, armed to the teeth, right? Yeah, well, and then his arm so gets at least, like, off. In so. terms of equipment, well, yeah. in terms of equipment, the guy has got, like, oodles of equipment. Like, he got shotguns, all that stuff. But, like, in terms of, like, tech support and development, there is one developer. Yeah, they could have entire system. They could have gotten like a service agreement for probably cheaper than they paid that one guy and had twenty four yeah. hour support from a whole team in like, you know, New Delhi or. Could something. you could you imagine calling up India tech support? Yeah, the uh, T Rex got out. Yeah. Wait, turn it on <laughs> and off again. Have you tried the cage? On uh, and off? <laughs> <laughs> have you tried rebooting? Oh, that might be worse. Anyways, so this is gonna get edited out. <laughs> no, we'll keep that in. <laughs> um, traveling to the planet. How did we even get on that topic? That was Dress- my fault. Sorry. No, we were talking about the years and movies. And that's right. Okay, so nine. I said circa ninety one, and some reason I said ninety one. Anyways, it's ninety nine. Uh, Jar Jar Binks is a sensation around the world, and for good reason. Um, Boss Nass, which is Jar Jar's Dad. leader, I guess. He's the king of the Gungans. King of the Gungans. Uh, leader of the Gungans. We don't know if he's a king or not. Uh, sends our heroes, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Jar Jar, through the core of Naboo as the fastest way to travel to the other side of the planet with the Trade Federation hunting them on the surface. So, could there be one a planet with the core full of water so you could travel in a submarine all the way through it's a swiss cheese planet. swiss cheese planet full of caves and two does water even still be a liquid that you can go through at those depths um so we better call Elon musk because first of all we have tunnels full of water that we need navigating through with a submarine and two you know making tunnels I could see Elon being the kind of guy where it's like, yeah, the fastest route to China is to just drill straight through we're the, we're the, just the, gonna the mantle. <laughs> yeah, just drill through the mantle. And while you're at it, let's nuke it. That would be if he ended all his like press offices and he just said, and yeah, just nuke it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. No. 1950s called. Uh, you know, that's okay. when we believe uh, quick, quick side note could solve everything. Uh, side note on this that I was a little bit upset about. In fact, I was I was railing on this to Roz the other night. What um, Elon Musk or nineteen ninety nine Jar Jar Binks? Elon Musk launched his car into orbit. Right? His oh his yes, Tesla. He made orbit. space trash. He made space trash. God. He also basically recreated the intro to the movie Heavy Metal, the animated movie. Heavy, like he recreated it, and like I didn't see enough people saying like this is the intro to Heavy Metal, which means that there's not a lot of people who've seen Heavy Metal. So if you haven't seen it, go see it because it's awesome and it's awful at the same time, you, and it's not for kids. So don't watch. I it mean, with your kids. You can, kids should not be listening to this podcast either. I think In I think general. you can still live stream the the video from. From the cru- the the cruiser the the Tesla Spaceman One yeah, or whatever Roadster, it's called, yeah, yeah. Gotta be th- 
They should have that that music going on the entire time, just the infinite loop. Ground control. The the, the beginning of heavy metal starts with like a, a shuttle opening up, and uh, and a Corvette drops out of a shuttle and goes into <laughs> orbit and like goes down onto a planet and parachutes down on a, onto a planet. Wow, there's heavy metal playing in the background and it is badass. It is awesome. And Elon Musk basically recreated that in real life and all credit goes to him for that. Sorry, okay. Traveling through the planets. Core. The core. We got to go to the core. It's <laughs> a really bad George R. Binks uh, impression there. Yeah, it's spot on. Perfect. Hire me for episode 10. So what does that even mean, going through the core? Does that mean go through, like, laterally across the planet, but just under the surface? Or does that literally mean go through so the core? So we don't know. We don't know if what Boss Nass actually meant by that. He just says go through the core. So I'm going to assume that is we're going to go straight, like, where they're at straight. on the planet. And the, the city they need to go to is on the opposite end of the planet. <laughs> So they gotta go this through the core. Is, is either really really small, or they uh, they just omit like a week worth of travel. Well, it depends how fast you go. Underwater. Underwater. But so the first thing In I bongo. Yeah, the first thing I looked at was like, okay, liquid liquid water is when you're in high school. They go, oh yeah, liquid water is. Not compressible. I'm like, eh, you can compress it. You can compress the liquid slightly because eventually you, you can compress the liquid enough water into it will turn into a solid ice. It's funny to think of that. We normally deal with water at like room temperature and freezing temperature. So we're changing the temperature of it to turn it into a solid. But you can do the same thing by squeezing it really, really, really hard. And so, if you look at the phase change diagram of water, which is the, the pivnert of, of uh, that's pressure times volume equals N, which is the, uh, what's N? Oh, it's, man, it's, this is bringing me back to dark times. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's not, it's not a variable, but it's a, it's a, um. I got a C in physics, so standard. Me. Not standard, it's a. The ideal gas law, N is the amount of substance. That's what Wikipedia says. Oh, amount of substance. So it actually is a variable then. I thought it was a... Um, so there must be like in moles then. Amount of substance in moles. And then R is... Oh, that's what? R is the constant. I, is the ideal gas constant. Yeah, so I thought N was the constant. It's R. And then T is temperature. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you modify those variables and you can make pretty much matter go into vapor or into uh, pressurized liquid ice. or pressurized ice in this case. So stop thinking about ice as being cold and just think about it as compressing it into a solid. Um, so if you can to be able to compress liquid water into uh, solid ice, it's like 92,000 PSI. Which is insane to think about. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous to think about. And so the thing is, so let's just assume Naboo is like, an, let's just think about Earth. Okay, so if you have an Earth-shaped planet, um, water would have to be at a depth of, because as water stacks up, gravity makes pressure as you go lower. And so um, being at extreme depths, you have more pressure. 
So to be at a depth of... To get to 92,000 PSI, you have to be a depth of 1,200 miles, which actually isn't that far. Assuming it's fresh water. Assuming it's fresh water. But actually, salinity doesn't really change it. the calculation all too much. It's only off by a little bit. But the thing about it, the distance between Steven and I is less than 1,200 miles. Okay, so it's that... And... In the scheme of distances in the United States, it's not that far. Some other people might be like, that's really far away. It's it's like a state over in the United States, so it's not too far away. <laughs> if you're in Texas, it's every other state around you. Yeah, I'm like 600 <laughs> miles in near state. So, um, anyways, uh, so if we have an Earth-shaped planet, size planet, it's 1,200 miles of, of water depth. So if you had... 1,200 miles of water, at the very bottom there, it would be compressed into solid water, which is kind of cool to think about. Um, but the, the thing is, on Earth, the deepest point is 6.8 miles, which is Mariana's Trench. The Challenger Deep. Yeah, so James Cameron's going to have to go deeper to get to solid ice. Um, so I went and online and started looking up other things about like the planet Naboo, Plant Naboo is 7,456 miles in radius. So I'm going to talk in radius because we're talking about depth and radius makes more sense that way. Um, so if Naboo was a water core world, so like the core was water, it actually would be solid because there would be so much depth there, it would have a solid core of water. Um, hmm. But what if Naboo had a molten core? Like, earth does so like it made heat well to make like that depth to still be liquid the water would have to be 1400 degrees fahrenheit and i tried looking that up and there hasn't been a lot of experimentation of like super high pressure and super high temperature water and like what that actually really does to like does it like on the microscopic level like start turning into vapor like, because water does, as a non-polar molecule, water does weird-ass shit. When it starts, like, encountering, like, angles of, like, other surfaces. And you get, like, weird instances where, like, water will just, like, even though it's under pressure, it will start vaporizing instantly when it encounters weird shapes on a mi- microscopic level. Really weird stuff. Mm. Um, so I couldn't really go too much farther with this. But basically, it's like... I don't think going through the core was exactly what he meant because it would it would be impossible. Unless like there was a core, a molten core that they could like kind of like slip past. Uh, unless that that bong I think the ship was called a bongo. Yeah, I think it's a bongo. Yeah, the bongo ship could survive like 1400 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like It does not look like it could. <laughs> no, um I think that's like a quarter of the temperature of the sun. Service of the sun, too. So it's pretty hot. But it's interesting to think about. It's like, it's kind of a cool concept of like being able to fly through a planet, but like, I don't know if it worked out science wise. <laughs> See, I think, I think, I think the best uh, situation seems like they took some kind of tunnels that run they did a ke- along the they radius. Did a Kessler of run the of the of the Naboo core. <laughs> exactly. But, but if you think about, if you think about having to travel across the hemisphere of a planet underwater, 
like our submarines that do that right now take like a month to well because they go really planet. slow they're not star right. wars bongos they're not bongos <laughs> so if you could go let's say if you were a airplane flying over the surface or you could like use a ski boat that would go at the same speed the ski boat could technically go fast would travel more land faster because it's closer its radius to the center of the earth is closer so it's smaller distance so if you could like skim under the water you it would be faster but it's, it's totally they are going they are going down because yeah, they kind of allude to like going down into the tubes. yes because there's always a bigger fish I don't know this this one I'm gonna mark as like not solved not solved yeah, myth yeah. I kind of got stuck not, at not the. Not myth busted. Yeah. I kind of got stuck at the, like, like humans have not done testing on this kind of environment yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is beyond reality. There's apparently some American physicist named Percy Williams Bridgman Brigman, and he, he he did research and said there's apparently 17 different forms of ice depending on the pressure and temperature, according to this post that I'm reading on Quora, which is totally uh, reputable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it says three gigapascals you can turn water into ice at room temperature, which is about a hundred and some you know close to what you said, 180 something miles deep. Uh, the pressure. Yeah, this is calculating in like it would be really cold down there too. Right. Because like Mariana's trench is like thirty four degrees Fahrenheit. It's really close to freezing. Yeah. That's amazing that even at that pressure at thirty four degrees, it doesn't I think this is why in like high school classes they're like, Oh, it's liquid water. Don't worry about it. It doesn't compress. Cause it doesn't really, but you, uh, you have to apply that much pressure, which is insane to think about. It's not like you can. Oh man, is there a substance or a material a molecule that you can compress with human human power and like change its its state of matter? Silly putty. That's oh, that's a non-atomic fluid, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Ketchup, cornstarch, and water. I don't know. Is there one? That's a good question. It, it'd have to be something. I, oh, gallium changes phases at like almost room temperature. Yeah, but that just that does that's not changing phases due to you pressing on it. That's, that's true. That's it's your temperature. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Mercury too. But that is yeah. that. Well, no, mercury's always liquid at human temperature. Room, room temperature. Um, but gallium would change from you pressing your hand on it just from heat. But yeah, you're not. It, you're right. It's not pressure. I wonder if there's anything pressure-wise that... I wonder how much physical pressure a human could exert. So you're basically saying a thing that you can take in your hand and you can squeeze it and it turns into a gas yeah. or something like that. Or it would turn into a solid. Or it turns into so like if you had a, yeah. a, a balloon full of this gas or, or liquid and you could squeeze it and change it into its other state... I doubt it. <laughs> I really doubt it. At well, room temperature, just because like the, the 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 spectrum of forces that we can apply as a human being is like a sliver well, of like the whole. Spectrum. According to Rocky Four, Ivan Drago could punch. Uh, he measured two, 2150 psi 
when he punched the machine, right? So that's 8,600 pounds. Or f- so he was splitting four out. Tons of por- he, he yeah, yeah, four tons of force with, with just his fist. So, Of course, he had those really powerful Russian steroids, so. Right. He can he can he can turn your blood vessels into mush. Yeah, he he'd liquefy <laughs> your face. If he dies, As, he, he dies. Rocky is like World Four of the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> and Rocky is and just, and just the boxers are the people. Yeah, the boxers are the people. The yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? It would be really great to have like a repository of stories where it's like, well, this. This could be the Matrix out in some other form. Well, yeah, I, Middle the Earth. Trick, the trick right? is, to, you know, no, yeah, yeah. I think I think right. that's the most common one is Middle Earth from uh, Lord of the Rings. But like, take what is worlds, movie worlds, or literature worlds that have like normal settings. People are normal. People are typically normal. Then you have above normal people, like, ne- like Harry Neo Potter? or no, but like. He's just a normal wizard, just got a lightning bolt in his head. Like Jason Bourne. Yeah, like no, actually Jason Bourne. Like it's Rambo. a normal. It's supposed to be like real life, John except McLean. that. Or John Wick. Yeah, they killed. I mean that that John also Wick is Keanu a Jedi. Reeves. Is dog. Keanu Reeves is a Jedi. <laughs> no, it's the same thing. He's Neo. He's Neo Jedi. Bill and Ted. Uh. Excellent to each other. <laughs> Be excellent. <laughs> He's the architect in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what's his name? Uh, George Carlin's character, Rufus. That's true. That's true. He is. He is the original Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> He's even got the trench coat. Yeah. So I, I do agree with you, Stephen. It's not solved because if you if you take it literally as going through the core, it's not possible really right. possible i think what you did is n- you didn't necessarily set out to solve that problem you set out to uh ask a lot of questions yeah. and you you presented a ton of questions and now it's like oh damn like when they say that it's like oh crap yeah. you don't have to don't worry it about works. it because any planet without an iron core has no magnetic field and it, all of the liquid water is just going to evaporate in anyways and it's going to have oh, no eventually that's true there's no van allen belts on there right? Unless it's magnetic water. Naboo shouldn't even exist. Magnetic well, water. <laughs> it could exist for an earlier period in Dude, its uh, solar system. We could make liquid transformers. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I have nothing else to add about traveling to the core except, you know, Phantom Menace is not as bad of a movie as people think. Mm. First you said uh, it's been years, Temple of though. Doom, and now you're saying Phantom Menace. I haven't seen it in 20 years, so I'm not a very I'm not a fair judge of uh, the movies. You should give it a merit. shot. It's especially- the wife and I watched it not that long ago. It's um, it's not as bad as we remember it being. It's bad. Yeah, it's, but not, it's very, not as bad. It's not. The thing is, it has a lot of really good world building. The characters yeah. are actually okay. Oh, pretty good like jar jar there's a story there's a story i will characters say, grow one thing the prequels did right is it still feels like star wars like it's still very much star wars like the galaxy the people the characters the weapons the ships the scenery it feels like star wars you can't really say the same thing about the sequels 
I, episode seven, you can. Episode eight and nine, not really. It, yeah, it just doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. Okay, so on to the last topic. Is this the last topic? It's probably like the eighth last topic of how we've been going. Well, okay. okay, so this is the last written down topic. We probably have plenty more to say. Nineteen stuff. tangents <laughs> in this one topic. I'm Let's sure. hope so. So, so this last this last topic uh, is a little bit more, I should say, classic Macrofab Star Wars uh, uh, podcast episode thing because I have a I have a little bit of a calculation, but I've distilled it down to make it simple. I have a little bit of a story to go uh, before this, though. A, a year ago, when The Mandalorian first came out, I remember watching the first three episodes, and I watched them back-to-back, because I didn't even know about The Mandalorian, really. And then I got Disney+, Plus, and there was three episodes, and I watched them, and I binged them, and they were so good. And uh, Parker had seen it before me, so I'm texting Parker, and I'm like, this is so awesome. <laughs> and so we both kind of uh, uh, text Roz, and we're like, if you don't have this you're not our friend anymore. Like you need to go watch the Mandalorian. And, uh, and one of the, you must, you must submit yourself to capitalistic instincts and pay $7 to the Mickey mouse. So you'd be our friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're that shallow. Cause this will change you. No, no. Okay. So, and, and one of the, one of the things we were saying about it, uh, one of the things we we're heralding is just like how cool it was, the weapons, the, the, the vehicles and everything and how star Warsy it was. And in, in, I think it's the second, maybe it's the third episode, the, the Mandalorian, he, he comes across a, a sand crawler on, on Tatooine, and he single-handedly goes up against the sand crawler full of Jawas. And he starts by, like, looking over a precipice, this little, like, cliff thing, with his sniper rifle, which is called an Ambin Phase Pulse Blaster, which is basically, like, Star Wars Ultimate Sniper Rifle. And he zeroes in on a Jawa, and he pulls the trigger, and it's not like a projectile comes out and hits the Jawa, or a laser beam shoots a hole in the Jawa. He pulls the trigger, and the Jawa vaporizes. Like, the Jawa <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. And it's, it's not just like the... It, it, it's, it's act, no, about this way. The Jawa doesn't exist anymore. Everything else the Jawa had still exists. The, the robes and everything. The robes that the Jawa was wearing yeah, he just... st- still exists. The the organic material inside of the robes don't exist anymore. <laughs> but it's like one pull of the trigger and the entire living being is just poof erased from existence and like we i remember i remember distinctly i should even go look back to my text and be like he vaporizes a, a jawa Roz, you gotta watch this show <laughs> <laughs> but but okay so i actually have a youtube link to like this this exact scene has its own like youtube video so we'll post the, that video in the show notes um so so I, I decided to, th- to go look into what kind of energy his sniper rifle would need to, upon a trigger pull, instantaneously vaporize a Jawa. So let me step you through uh, what I've gone through here. It's fairly simplistic, and actually someone's done a, a bit of the heavy lifting for me, so I'll give you this uh, link here. I found, <laughs> I found this website. That's, <laughs> the title of this article is, So You're Ready to Vaporize a Human. And it's on <laughs> Scientific American. Yeah, it's Scientific American. So it's actually a publication. <laughs> yeah, it's like legit. <laughs> so I found this website that ba- that basically says like, okay, 
you have a human and here's the average cross-section of a human, blah, blah, blah. How much energy would it take to overcome the energy of vaporization of a human being? So you, you're talking about vaporization in terms of well, we're talking about the last topic, which is phase. Cha- you're phase changing a human from <laughs> solid and liquid to vapor to to, to gas, basically. To yeah. gas, you, you, okay. you're, you're making a human. So you're turning them into gas. you're turning into a gaseous iron, calcium, uh, carbon, carbon yeah. etc. You're breaking hydrogen bonds on every part of the body. <laughs> Rapid uh, oxidation. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> rapid oxidation. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good way to put it. That's that's a, that's exactly it. You oxidization of the human body in about a picosecond. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so those it, actually, the timing that you're talking about, Parker, comes into play here. Uh, so so this, oh, it always this particular does with article. This article calls out the amount of energy required to vaporize an average human being as three gigajoules. And they, they say it's from a death ray, but death rays are super, I don't know, death rays feel Star Trek-y. 1950-ish. Like. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, um, what is that, uh, uh, War of the Worlds. They yeah. feel like War of the Worlds kind of thing. But So, so ambient phase pulse blaster is a little bit better. So, so it takes three gigajoules of, of energy from this pulse blaster <laughs> to... How much to energy did it take the, how much time, how much energy does it take the travel time? Well, it d- depends on what was version it? of the Matrix you're in, Parker. <laughs> no, I'm talking about uh, Back to the Future. So, uh, version 1. Oh, 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah, 1. yeah 21 1.21 gigawatts. gigawatts. Who knows and, what giga means? And some, like, 88 miles Keep talking. I'm going I'm to do this calculation. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, so... It, I, I looked up there's there's you can you can go find the average statistics of species of Star Wars out there. So uh starwars.fandom.com slash wiki slash Jawa gives the average uh mass of a Jawa at, at thirty kilograms. And uh the average mass of a human being on the earth is sixty two kilograms. So we can assume that a Jawa is about half a human being. So if a human takes three gigajoules of energy from a death ray to vaporize a Jawa would take one and a half gigajoules of energy. So, all right. So I it's actually gigawatts is what he says. One point two one gigawatts. Oh he says giga. He says gigawatts. One point well, twenty one gigawatts. Well J I J A it's the same unit of right. It's a gigawatt. It's a it's a gigawatt, but he pronounces yeah. it gigawatt. Yeah. So it takes two runs of the DeLorean to vaporize a person. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. So it's you can travel through time twice, or you can vaporize someone. <laughs> it's about I know right. which one I'm picking. <laughs> So, okay, so <clears throat> I, I started thinking, like, okay, so putting put 18650 cells, like, if you were to have an 18650 battery inside of the ambient phase pulse blaster, how many of those would it take to actually be able to deliver uh, one and a half gigajoules of, of energy? Uh, and that would be 1.5 billion gigajoules, actually. Uh, yeah, <laughs> 1.5 billion uh, joules of energy, right? That's what would, uh, that would be. So uh, 
if you if you I found another website that just basically described the amount of jewels within a uh, or potential within a uh, eighteen six fifty, and we can expect somewhere in the range of forty two thousand six hundred jewels per battery per cell. So if we take 1.5 billion and divide by 42,600, I'm actually doing this on the fly. It would actually take, uh, I wrote down the wrong number here uh, in, in the notes, not 35 cells, 35,200 cells. I was going to say, I'm like, man, I would carry 35 cells of 18650s just to vaporize whoever I did not like. <laughs> Yeah, so, of me. Well, but okay, so 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 here's the thing that's funny. Okay, so it takes thirty five thousand two uh, uh, two hundred and eleven cells to get one and a half gigajoules worth of energy out of it. That's assuming you could actually deliver that within a short period of time, right? Yeah, you're going to run up to the discharge rate and internal resistance of those cells. Right. So over a long period of time, those 35,000 could produce or could deliver 1.5 giga, gigajoules. So let's just pretend like we had like super special, I don't know, Parker's 92,000 PSI batteries that are in a exactly. different state. And now they could deliver it all. Uh, so the question is, if you have 45... Each cell is uh, has a weight of about forty five grams. Uh, so if you've got forty five grams times uh, thirty two thousand, let me see here. I'm doing 000. I'm doing active math on this. So I'm gonna leave all those keyboard noises in. That Time to that rock. Uh, hacking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that ends up being 3,500 pounds worth of batteries that the Mandalorian would have to carry around with him if they were all 18650 cells. So something a little bit, uh, something seems a little bit off there. Well, it's Star Wars. It's Star they Wars. have, we calculate like the energy density of like, oh no, we did this a couple years ago yeah. where you could have like, you could power a lightsaber, which is, has also an insane you know, jewel need uh, rating to be able to like cut a hole in a blast door, right? Right, right, right. And we calculated what was the batteries. So like, you could do the batteries with with fusion, right? Right, right. Converting right. basically the matter of the battery into pure energy, if you could harness that in the size of a D cell battery, yeah, you could, if you could do just it. split atoms and and harness that energy. Then it doesn't matter. <laughs> Wouldn't life be so easy if we could just do that? <sighs> Come on. Architect of the Matrix, we need version 7. <laughs> Let us split the atoms directly. We're still in your 1999 world. So, alright, alright, so I'll take it a step further for you there. The little boy atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima released between, let's see, if I'm reading this right, it's 63 terajoules, uh, if I'm looking at this correctly. 15 kilotons of TNT, which... Uh, it says 63 TJ, which I'm assuming means terajoules. Yeah, yeah. Converted to gigawatts per hour is 17.4 gigawatts per hour. Uh, <laughs> More than enough to vaporize humans. <laughs> or Jawas. Yeah. Or Jawas. You're assuming, though, you're putting all that energy, that, that atomic bomb, into one person. Well, so so hold on. Like, that's my point. Is like Instantly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my point. Right. One point five billion joules, right? Uh, yeah. Let's see. It's a lot less than a handful of trillion joules, right? 
And let's see, they, they do give you, thanks to Google, we can convert that into kilowatt hours. And that's 416 kilowatt hours, like in the blink of an eye, if I'm doing my math right. <laughs> 416 how much, how much kilowatt hours is not much. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a lot, does it? No. Uh, let me count my zeros here. One, two, three, one, two, three. Oh, I'm missing a zero. <laughs> One, two, three, one, two, three. No, I got 1.5 billion. Yes, 416 kilowatt hours. Yeah, but but it all depends on how, what time frame that's in, right? right if you right. put all that into a picosecond, then you got something that is like Mando's sniper rifle. <laughs> well, so... and Go ahead. And, and this is the thing is like, uh, let's, let's take the example of the atomic bomb going off. It spread out over a large area, and sure, it destroyed a lot of stuff and 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 took a lot of people's lives, but it did not turn those people into vapor. Uh, the atomic bomb? I'm sure yeah. it did a handful of within people. Within a certain, <laughs> maybe just the skin. No, within it, a it certain, not, within, within a certain yeah, within, radius, within a, yeah, certain radius. Within a certain ground. radius of ground zero, people turned instantly into vapor. I guarantee you. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But but that radius is is potentially not as large as you think. It's if a, a a few kilometers, I think, for the, especially those two bombs, because those are yeah. But Man Mando's small. doing that with a with a, a a handheld <laughs> bullet, weapon. and then the radius is with ammunition the, that fits in a bandolier on his belt. But but also, <laughs> the radius is the inside of a Jawa's like robe and nothing else. <laughs> right, the robe is untouched. The rope is untouched. It's like when Obi Wan gets sliced by by Vader, and all that's left is the robe. And what is the reasoning for that? I don't know, but does that mean that the Jawa was a Jedi? The midi chlorines. Uh, I don't know. I was they, gonna. You, you can't take these possessions stretching. to the other world. Yeah. Store up your treasure. So all the Jedi that get turned into Force ghosts are naked. You know, actually, I just realized this. What's great about that scene? It Darth Vader after he after he hits him with the lightsaber, he kicks what is the he robe to, around. He he's like steps on it to make sure. It's like, like what? Did no, he just that bastard shrink? Like, I where think is he's it? really confused. Yeah, I probably. Think, I think he's like, what the fuck? So yeah. Obi Wan just like entered. So I guess the theory is maybe maybe Vader didn't actually hit Obi Wan with the lightsaber. Maybe Obi Wan like gave up his physical being and entered his state of force nirvana and, and ceased to exist in the physical world. I think that's actually what it is. Cause, cause when the, the lightsaber just goes right through the robe and doesn't even actually even hit the robe. True story. Mm, so. Okay. So that's, that's potentially mirrored in episode eight when Luke is just like, I give up and just and, kind and of vaporizes. Yeah. Of course, he does it slower, so he must not be as good of a Jedi as Obi-Wan was. He didn't practice as much, I guess. Nah, probably not. Well, he was a loser on that island all by himself, so. Yeah. A little hermit. Oh, let me see. How long have we been going on for now? <laughs> a while. Uh, 40 minutes. Because we had a couple of disconnects, guys, here. Um, so we have 40. To tally things up. Yeah, 40, 56. We're almost at two hours, so... Rock and roll. I think we could, safe to assume that we have completed the fifth annual MacFab Star Wars Christmas special podcast. I... Roz, 
do you want to sign us out? Or do, no, actually, does anyone else have anything else to contribute this year? Um, thanks for having me back. See you next year. Oh, that's, that was my job, but okay. <laughs> also, everyone have a good rest of the year and uh, stay healthy. Thanks, yeah, thanks to or or here's to everyone who's uh, you know, this has kind of been a crappy year. So, thanks for sticking around with us. Fuck 2020. <laughs> It's been a rough one. Cool. You want to sign us out, Roz? That was your Macrofab Engineering Podcast. And we, you were our guest, Roz. Well, it doesn't say that in the write-up, so. Yeah, I didn't do that part. All right, let's start that over again. Nah, we'll just keep going. And I was the host, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy. Hopefully in 52 more episodes, we have another podcast about Star Wars. Yeah, man, that's what we didn't even get to talk about. We didn't get to talk about what we're looking forward to. Oh well, well. restart the recording. We'll just slip it in there. Nah. No, I-